As most of you remember, we are continuing our journey to answer question. What's the question? Is that church growing? All right. Someone asked me a few weeks ago, specifically about this church, if it was growing. They used to be a part of this church a long time ago and wanted to know. And so we decided we take a number of weeks to talk about some things that are important in growing, what growing really means, so that later on we can answer the question, give a good, thoughtful response to that question. And so a few weeks ago, you may remember that we talked about uh, finding coins and rejoicing over coins as a way to tell if a church is growing. Last week, we talked about a church that prays like nobody's business, about people maybe who don't even deserve it, and so on and so on. And today, we're looking at a particular part of this letter to 1 Timothy that we've used so far. And it's part of a couple of chapters worth of exhortation, if you will, the last two chapters. You also remember, to make it easy on me, as we got through the seven weeks of all this, we went with the assumption that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a young Timothy. But every once in a while, today included, you kind of see how that argument might break down a little bit. You have instances where you can tell maybe this is written to somebody else. So we kind of get the impression as we read these two chapters, the ones we're talking about uh, in full, that maybe these were directed towards bishops and presbyters, helpers and leaders of the church. But again, we're, we are sticking with Paul and, and uh, Timothy. What we have here, especially what we read today, is a presentation of two different kinds of leaders or teachers. False teachers and those not false. Right? The ones who do this, this, and this, think this, are the false teachers. The ones who don't are the true teachers. Now, we started with verse 6, and it was probably better we should have started at 2b. You understand when we do verse 2b or 2a? that familiar? Sometimes a, a thought or a sentence is way long, and so what we do, if we're real crafty, we cut it in half, and the first part becomes A, the first, second part becomes B, or C, or, or whatever else we need. We really should have started at verse 2B, because if we're not, we started at verse 6, it's kind of like walking in on somebody's conversation, right? You ever done that? Walk in on the middle and somebody's going back and forth, come on, you don't have to worry. Many times, right? Nobody's going to call you nosy. Now, you're, you're listening, and you kind of make assumptions. You kind of connect the arguments together. You know what's going on. And sometimes that works. Sometimes, though, doesn't work out too well, right? And that's where most sitcom plots come in, right? Somebody gets, gets something wrong. In verse 6, if we were to just drop in right now, as we did, we could get the impression that this passage is all about money. And certainly money has a big part to play in it. But I want you, go ahead and, and take your Bible if you have it there. You might want to keep the passage open uh, so you can sort of uh, follow along. We started in verse 6, but I want you to look at the very last part of verse 5. Money is a big part of it, but what this passage comes down to is a criticism of those people who sort of fell on this side, the false side, right? And look at the very last part of verse 5, talking about those people who had imagined that godliness is a means of gain. 
See, it seems that 2,000 or so years ago, there were people who thought, hmm, the church, that's a cash cow. I could, I could do some good in that church. Of course, good for me, right? I could make some money in the church. The good news is, after these 2,000 years, we don't have to worry about that anymore, right? Unfortunately, some things don't change. And because they don't change, a word like this still can speak to us very loudly and very clearly. But you see that distinction. Those who have thought godliness would be a means of gain. Now, Paul tells us, going with the assumption Paul wrote this, Paul actually agrees that, yeah, uh, godliness, there is, there is some gain in godliness. But it's a different kind of gain. Growing up, I, would, I was often told a truth, and you know, truth hurts, doesn't it, sometimes? And I've realized that more people know this truth, too. So maybe you've heard this, maybe you've used this, too. But mom would always say, you know, we're not rich with money. But we're rich in love. Rich in family, right? Anybody ever tell you that? Yeah. We're rich in love. I gotta tell you, I hated that. Because love wasn't buying me no new Nikes. Y'all with me? But it was true, right? So I'm glad even still today, yeah, we're still, my family now, we're rich in love too, y'all. Let me, let me tell you. We're real rich. But it's true, right? So Paul says, oh yeah, there's some gain to be had, but you can't put this gain in your wallet. You can't watch it on a spreadsheet. You can't add this gain to your 401k. This is a different kind of gain. So let's get the heart of what Paul is saying. See, somebody, a long time ago it seems, uh, cleared the Air Force, because people used to say, and I remember, I used to watch the monkeys on TV. Remember the monkeys? Yeah. They had that sign on the wall that said, money is the root of all evil. And people would buy into, yeah, money is the root of all evil. Well, somebody, thankfully, read their Bible and said, well, no, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil. Like you heard, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? Did you hear that? Thankfully, people still kept reading their Bible because most translations don't say the love of money is the root of all evil. Look at that verse again. What verse is that? Ten? What does it say? Let's read that slowly. For the love of money is... The love of money is... A. A. Y'all with me? There's a distinction. You see, if, if, if the love of money is the root, well, let's talk about the love of money all day long. And Paul would probably say, there's a lot of preachers that do that. But if the love of money is a root of all evil, and what that means is it's not the only root. And there's a distinction. Because if it's the root, then we can stick with this. We don't have to change it. Verse 9, those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires. 
that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Again, we, we've heard the stories. We've known the people who just wanted to be rich and had to have that money and lost everything in the process. And if the love of money is the root of all evil, we can stop there. But if it's a root, then we need to make sure we, we say that sentence right. Those who want to be whatever else can fall into temptation as well. See, the point is that anything that takes our attention, our focus, and our desire away from God has the potential to bring us down. Has the potential to reach evil. But Paul says, but you, man of faith, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue love. Pursue endurance. Pursue gentleness. And then he says a great line that so many of us know. Fight the good fight of faith. This is my observation. I've spoken with many people about very deep, sincere, faithful stuff. In times of their life when just uh, all that kind of stuff. And it seems to me that so many of us are just beat down. And I think it's because we're fighting the wrong fight. See, we, we, we get ourselves ready, right? And we're going to fight to make a name for ourselves, right? We're going to fight to get ahead. We're going to fight to build up that bank account. We're going to fight to let everybody know who we are. And it was Mike Tyson who said, right, everybody had a strategy when it came time to fight me until they got that first punch in the mouth. And so many of us have been punched in the mouth so many times. The beat. fighting the wrong fight. Y'all with me? You see, we, we, we go at it. And, you know, we're trying to be rich, we're trying to be famous, we're trying to get light, trying to get ahead. But the problem is, that fight never gets us through. We fight like that. We fight that, face, that fight because we think, if I can have this, then I can have peace. I can be happy. I can have purpose. I can be content with myself. I can be secure. I can be comfortable. Let me tell you, it's never enough. When I was a kid, we used to sing and talk about being millionaires. But my kids have got this song in my head over the last weekend. They don't want to be millionaires anymore. They're singing about being billionaires. And it's not because...